You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm your host, Jordan Hill. Got Kip Adams with me today as uh, we come back and uh, recap a little bit from G Day and talk a little bit about what's going on with Georgia Athletics. Uh, Kip and I did a podcast pretty much right after G Day, so if you guys didn't see that, uh, make sure and go check that one out. Uh, Kip, how is this Thursday afternoon treating you as uh, we uh, continue on in the offseason and get officially a week away from the NFL draft? Yeah, I'm ready for the draft. Uh, I'd, I'd love to tell you I'm just sitting here enjoying the NBA playoffs so far, but I'm ready for us to be uh, put out of a misery here uh, so far with the with the Hawks. But uh yeah, it's post G day. Some people might think that might be a lull in, in, in what we do, but I mean, we got a lot going on. Like you said, next week with the draft, but this uh, it, recruiting football in general, uh, that transfer portal's been active and should be active uh, uh, next week pro- as we approach that May first deadline. So there's a lot going on with with Georgia athletics. So I think we are, uh, you know, we're, we're staying busy. And so that's good for us, good for our jobs, and and good for this podcast. No doubt about it. Never a dull moment. You can promise that when it comes to Georgia athletics, that there's always something going on. So uh, to start things off, Kip, I thought it'd be a good idea to go back and talk about G-Day. And and just um, as we sort of move on from spring practice, kind of recapping what really stood out to us from G-Day. And I'll I'll start with you, Kip. What, uh, especially a few days now removed from G-Day, has kind of remained with you or, or something that really stuck out to you that, um, you know, now that we have officially ended spring practice, um, still sort of at the front of your mind when it comes to this team getting ready to, for the 2023 season? The uh, You know, we're all wanting to see, obviously, the quarterbacks, but just the offense in general. And, and I'll be honest, uh, it looked pretty familiar. And we knew kind of uh, that Mike Bobo would be running a version of Todd Monken's offense, that there would just – you know, not be a completely new look out there. But, you know, when you saw Oscar Delp lining up out there with, with, with Brock Bowers uh, on the first team offense, and you saw him flexed out some, and and then I think for a couple snaps, you you, you saw Lawson Lucky, even though he's on the other team, you saw him, uh, you know, three tight ends there flexed out. It kind of made me think, okay, I, uh, you know, they're not Washington's off to NFL, and obviously, uh, you know, his – presence uh will not be replaced in this offense uh but i don't think that tight end position is going away anytime soon and i think a lot of 12 formation and probably some 13 formation will still be you know out there and i think uh there's just a lot of different ways that they're going to be able to attack defenses and honestly 
Carson Beck looked like he was ready to do uh, most of the attacking for Georgia right now. So I think, you know, there's no starter named right now, and it's not going to happen probably anytime soon. But we all had to come away from that just thinking, all right, uh, this – I think we have a clear leader in in the clubhouse for QB1 for Georgia. I think for me, a couple things, and I think we talked about this on the podcast right after the fact. One – they are so deep at wide receiver. I mean, I, if you and I, we decided we're going to carve out, you know, a three receiver set that we feel good about and, and kind of trade it back and forth, you could come up with some pretty good groupings and feel good about it. You know, even leaving off, you know, a few different guys as you go. I mean, they're just so deep. I think that those freshmen, you know, they're probably not going to see a whole lot of playing time again because the position's so deep. But I really liked what we got to see on Saturday. You know, you had. Zed Haynes making a really nice catch on the sideline. You had Tyler Williams uh, making a catch and streaking across the middle for some extra yards. Uh, I think those guys are really, really talented, and they're kind of going to run into a situation where it's just, you know, where where do you play? Where can you get on the field? Maybe special teams and trying to make some plays in scout team. Uh, And then on defense, just it's sort of in the same vein. There are so many young, talented defenders that I thought showed flashes. Damon Wilson completely, you know, blew right by Chad Lindbergh for a sack at one point in the scrimmage. Uh, Samuel and Pimba made some plays. C.J. Allen was all over the place. Uh, Jordan Hall making a couple deflections, especially with a guy like Jordan Hall. You know, having lost Bear Alexander, just knowing you have young depth that you know he's not going to be able to start right away, but you could see how talented he was as young as he is. Um, you know, when you recruit the way Georgia has these last few years, none of this should be a surprise, but it's definitely a pleasant sign when, especially these guys going through spring for the very first time, if they're able to even show the minimal kind of flash and, and can show you what they could be, I think that has to make you feel really good. Um, some of these guys are going to have to play roles, and some may have bigger roles as the year goes on. But I think if you're a Georgia fan, you should be excited about what you saw particularly when you look at those young defenders, man, there's a whole lot of talent before. Yeah. And yeah, you know, that's the one aspect where I, I kind of did not try to take too much from it was the, the play of Ernest green and Austin Blasky, you know, outstanding protection, but then you'll get the score. You see, you know, the offense put up a lot of points, but that defense didn't have Michael Williams out there. Didn't have Jalen Walker out there. No Marvin Jones, Jr. No smile, Munden. Uh, you have to remember that when you're, you're looking at some of the young guys making plays, but also the offense being able to, you know, to pass the ball, you know, kind of at will, that there are a lot of major parts of this defense that were not on the field. Uh, and I think if we're talking about affecting the quarterback, you know, three of those guys, especially Michael, Marvin Jones Jr., you know, Jalen Walker, I think, those guys are going to probably be, you know, in expected to be in the top two, top three pass rushers when all is said and done, or what Georgia wants to do when those guys are healthy. So, uh, overall in defense, you can't, you have to remember that. And at the same time, uh, with the offensive line, how well they were able to play, uh, you have to remember that that maybe, you know, it's everything's not as bad as it seems. Everything might not be as good as it seems. And so if you're Stacey Searles, you have to, you have to go back and, and look at the film, but also tell them like, 
guys don't don't think you went out there and and, and beat the you know the ones out there you, you there are some guys out there that you know are, are probably going to test you a little bit more than what you saw today so i i think uh you have to be really excited though uh that still should you know even with those guys out probably one of the best defenses in the country and then offense looked really really good so uh, i think uh if anyone's excited right now, it's probably Mike Bobo. You know, I, I think uh, he has not really had this kind of opportunity to uh, field an offense uh, with this kind of talent. And at the same time, know that he's going to have an elite defense uh, that puts him in great situations this fall. Yeah. And with the, uh, you know, talking about Bobo, I, I thought it was kind of interesting. Carson Beck afterwards was, you know, you can tell he was kind of excited. He's like, yeah, Mike was, you know, Bobo was dialing it up today. And, uh, you know, that's got to be a good sign for what could come because, you know, this spring was a lot about learning, a lot about being on the same page. You've kind of established that. It'll be interesting to see what we see going into the summer, but especially in fall camp when we can actually watch these guys. Um, I want to answer a question real quick from the comments. Craig Lawson said, uh, was Pierce Sperlin out injured or did he not enroll early? He did enroll early, uh, broke his collarbone. I think that was the end of the first week of spring. So he was not available, but I, I believe he should be back uh, definitely by fall camp. And I think the thought is uh, this summer he'll be able to come back. And and uh, you talk about a loaded tight end room with him, uh, with uh, Lawson Lucky, what he was able to do, and then obviously Brock Bowers. Um Kind of an embarrassment of riches, especially when you consider, uh, you know, these next few years, what they could be adding to that room as well. Yeah, I, uh, Todd Hartley is uh, recruiting at an elite level. That position room is has been unmatched for a couple of years. I don't think uh, any signs of that changing in, anytime soon. And yeah, the NFL draft, uh, you know, next week, and then I, I would imagine next year will be a, just another showcase for him. As, as uh, I think you're. There's a good chance you have uh, back-to-back first-round picks coming out of that position room. So it's a good time uh, to be the tight ends coach at the University of Georgia. There's no doubt about that. Well, let's uh, transition a little bit and talk about the transfer portal. There's been some news on that front this week when it involves Georgia. Uh, They've had four guys go into the portal as we record this. Uh, It's like right after 1230 on Thursday because you might be listening to this and there could be – uh, some changes on that front. But Kip, let's start with one of the guys who has not gone into the portal and talk about Brock Vandegrift. Uh, our colleague Rusty Mansell reported on Wednesday that all indications are that Brock is st- that he will be in Athens uh, this fall as he continues to push Carson Beck for a chance to start for Georgia. Uh, what was your initial reaction to that news that it looks like Brock is going to uh, remain a bulldog and, and see what he can do when it comes to this quarterback competition? I don't think at this point, uh, you know, there's the the upside to that, uh, to leaving now, um, especially the fact that you cannot start in the SEC. I mean, you cannot play immediately in the SEC if you're to transfer. And if he were to transfer in the future, you know, why limit your options? But I, I'm not surprised at all. I don't think any of us expected anyone to transfer out unless, uh, you know, a starter was named. And we didn't expect a starter uh, to be named yet. The competition will continue. And the fact that he's probably going to be, you know, to graduate this fall, allowing him, to, you know, to, to, to transfer anywhere uh, is right there as well that you know just that that care for him to continue competing this fall knowing that if it doesn't work out after the season he can go anywhere he he wants to go you know without without any uh limitations 
think that was kind of always the plan uh, from talking that, you know, the when we got to speak to these guys during the playoff run last season, Brock said, this is exactly where, you know, I wanted to be. And this is where I thought I would be as far as, you know, my path to playing time. Uh, looking at Carson Beck, seeing the time that it took him, looking at Carson Beck, like I said in the last pod, uh, a year ago, where he was in, in his development, you can't just write off uh, where you're at in year two. And I think that's kind of where Brock Vandegrift is right now, where you could see just a clear comfort level where, where Carson is compared to Brock, but we could see that last year with Stetson Bennett and Carson Beck. It just comes with experience and it comes with reps. Now we know how valuable those number two reps were for Carson Beck last season. Uh, and now who who has a chance to be the number two quarterback this year? Well, Brock Vandegrift could be the number two quarterback this year, which means, again, an injury or a play away from, from being QB1. So uh, I, I think there's just a lot of value for him to continue his development, and I think he knows that. And, yeah, it's it, it obviously good for Georgia football because uh, if he were to leave, I mean, they would they would definitely have to go, I would imagine, get someone unless they just feel really good about uh, the walk-on quarterbacks they have. So not really surprised by it. And, you know, I don't think his story's been written yet. So I would definitely not write off Brock Vandegrift. He saw flashes of what he could do out there in the field. He's got the athleticism that, you know, uh, Gunnar Stockton can move as well. But just overall physical talent, uh, he's, you know, he's the most talented quarterback in that room when you're looking just at the physical traits. You just need to get continued reps. And, and when the game slows down for him, he's got a bright future. I totally agree. And I mean, I think you hit on most of the points I would have made. Um, and it was really revealing. I think that was early April when we had a chance to talk to Carson and to Brock. And, and Brock was really straightforward talking about why he had stayed. And he said, look, I'm continuing to get reps. I feel like I'm getting better. He said, you know, if I didn't have that, I probably would have left. And it just to me, the timing doesn't make sense to leave. I don't think this job is completely sewn up for Carson Beck. I do think he's leading uh, given how he played at G-Day and, and given how Brock played. But, you know, the, the thing that really strikes me is consider this quarterback room these last few years, really not counting 2022, but 2021, 2020, 2019, how much changed from what we thought the quarterback would look like going into that season to what it wound up being. I mean, think back uh, to Stetson Bennett going into 2021, I brought this up a ton of times uh, after SEC media days, there was a day there where JT Daniels was the betting favorite for the Heisman. You know, everybody was convinced that he was the guy and he gets hurt and sets and steps in and the rest is history. You know, you just don't know if you pass up this opportunity, if Brock decides to go elsewhere, doesn't mean he couldn't succeed there, but I still think that there is the path for him to play at Georgia and for him to play a big role and that could happen this season. You know, I think at this point that Carson is the favorite, and I think he should be, um, but there's still a long way to go. And we heard plenty of good things about Brock over the course of the spring. I don't think it's a lost cause. And uh, again, uh, given the timing, given you couldn't leave for an SEC team, you could try to get a waiver, but that's not guaranteed. I think it just makes all the sense in the world to just stay put. And three years ago, we had Jamie Newman. Uh as the QB one and their, you know, Heisman uh, odds and pro football focus, uh, just lapping all kinds of praise upon him. And, you know, uh, Dwan Mathis starting the season, you know, against Arkansas as well as QB one. 
Yeah, I think uh, as, as we record this podcast in April, uh, going ahead and locking in someone as Georgia's starting quarterback this season is, yeah, it's a little, uh, you know, putting the cart before the horse for sure. I think there's still uh, plenty of practice, plenty of development, and plenty of curveballs that could be thrown their way. So, uh, yeah, if, if you're Brock Vandergriff, you know, uh, you're right there. You're in it. You've been competing. And, I mean, again, if if – what Kirby Smart uh, says to be believed. I mean, he's been rotating in with the ones and and getting, you know, valuable practice time. And so we all said that we would overreact to G Day, and here we are. Uh, you know, we've already anointed, uh, you know, Carson Beck as as the starter, and uh, I think uh, I don't think that's uh, the way that this works. And, and all we could say is that Beck had the best day in one practice of 15 and there are plenty more to go. So uh, it, it makes sense for, for Brock to continue pushing on knowing that what's happened at Georgia the last couple of years means that, uh you know, it's up there for grabs and it could definitely be him this fall. If I had a dollar for every time I've said that was one of 15 practices this week, Kip, uh, I'd be a very rich man. I can guarantee you that. Uh, we will take a quick break, come back, talk a little bit more about the other portal news involving Georgia, and then just talk a little bit on the recruiting side for the dogs. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law Welcome back, everybody. Well, so to this point, as we record this, there have been four Georgia players who have gone into the portal. Bear Alexander, who we talked about after the G-Day podcast that we did, uh, along with Sean Washington, who had left the program before spring, uh, Ryan Davis, inside linebacker, a veteran, and uh, Griffin Scroggs, who was a redshirt freshman offensive lineman. Uh, Kip, does anything stand out between those guys who have gone in at this point and any other general thoughts you have about the portal when it comes to Georgia and as far as you know, guys who uh, could wind up leaving or also a position or two they may decide to go after? Well, unless there are you know more than three guys not uh, on first-year scholarships coming in with this class, we know that there are more, uh, you know, more departures set to happen. I think we have them at 88 
scholarship players right now. Correct me if I'm wrong there. Um, and, you know, there is still the possibility that linebacker C.J. Washington at some point is, is put on medical uh, scholarship uh, due to the, the injury that he suffered that he has yet to be cleared from. But right now, I think, uh, you know, this is normal off-season attrition. I know that, you know, the numbers kind of, uh, you know, make it look like there's a mass exodus, but we've seen this happen the last couple of years where it's going to be double digits every offseason. And George is there right now. I think with Ryan Davis, that was definitely, you know, a guy that they would probably prefer to have uh, on the team. He helped them last year when they needed it due to injury, came up with a couple big plays, you know, sealed uh, sealed the uh, win for them as well. I think uh, – but you have to look at that room and, and acknowledge that we've talked about the guys that have come in, the young guys, Raylan Wilson, CJ Allen. You know, these these guys are going to be tough to keep off the field. And with the the two starters they have coming back and and, and smile and, and the pop, as well as a guy, you know, guys like Xavier Sori and, and Jalen Walker uh, trying to get in in certain packages as well. It's 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 a deep room. And so for Ryan Davis, uh, you know, senior, uh, that that uh, transfer portal provides him an opportunity to maybe get a, a clearer path to pay, playing time. So it's just a, the natural course of action. On the flip side, I mean, the one thing that we kind of saw in the spring game in G-Day is Georgia could probably use another running back. You know, a lot of guys injured. Uh, one scholarship running back out there. Uh, got to see plenty of Roderick Robinson, the true freshman. Uh, but, you know, he had a bunch of guys banged up. So even with, you know, all the guys leaving, Georgia adding three guys via the transfer portal, if another, run, you know, if a running back come, enters the portal in the, in the next, uh, I think, 10 days, I think uh, May 1st is the deadline. Uh, not to not to pick your destination, but you have to be in the portal by May 1st. So uh, if a running back that can help Georgia enters the portal in the next 10, 11 days, they're definitely going to look into it and, and probably pursue, I would I, I would imagine, just because uh, you've seen that uh, you know they could be banged up real easily at that position. You always think, oh, they've got so many running backs, and then you know a couple guys get banged up, and you know now we're uh, you know seeing some some walk-ons out there who, I mean, Cash Jones, uh, those guys did pretty well out there, but I think uh, for SEC play, you, you, you want to make sure you have enough guys out there to, to get through the gauntlet. So not surprised by any of the departures. And again, there could still be a, a guy or two that, that they add to the program as well. So this roster is not done as far as, uh, you know, the attrition and, and maybe with the additions. Looking at the portal, I would say the two positions that I'm interested in just seeing if Georgia has any departures is going to be wide receiver and also offensive line, which you did have one with Griffin Scroggs. But they are just so deep at receiver. I could see some of these guys deciding that, you know, they are best suited to play elsewhere, and we will see if that comes to pass. And then offensive line as well. You've got a few guys that have been in the program now for quite a while, and, you know, they have a good feel for where their standing is. Um, you know, this is really just speaking vaguely. There's no specific people that we know of or are aware of that are getting ready to go into the portal. But you just look at how deep they are. And like Kim mentioned, there is that number you've got to get to. Um, I would imagine that those two positions could be a couple that we see some attrition at. 
And uh, then, yeah, like you said, running back, I, I'm really, really fascinated to see what they do uh, because you did have Roderick Robinson. I think he took 11 carries at G-Day. Um, you saw Dejan Edwards out there, but he really did a whole lot. He's been banged up some of the spring. And you kind of have to weigh the factors of, okay, is it worth giving a scholarship to another running back? Or do we like what we got and feel like we're going to get healthy? And it's a gamble because, you know, you look at these, uh, you know, year to year, how much that position uh, gets worn on over the course of a season. And you don't want to be in a position where you absolutely have to give a guy like Cash Jones or Savon Clark a bunch of carries, say, you know, against Tennessee or against Kentucky, against Florida, in some really big moments. I mean, they're capable guys, but can they perform at that level? You really just don't want to find out. Don't want to have to find out that answer. So we'll be fascinated what they do there. And uh, the thing to remember, too, with running back, they're going to be breaking in a new starting quarterback. So if they can make that a position where if they're in really tough situations, they can say, all right, this is, you know, we're, we're in a hostile environment, but we're going to kind of ease our quarterback in. We're going to hand the ball off some to a running back, let him get five, six yards of carry and kind of get everybody settled in. Um, you want to have those options because if you don't, uh, you're kind of going to have your back against a wall and uh, definitely not something you want to do, especially with a first-time starting quarterback in front of them. Yeah, I, I think it's clear that, uh, you know, if Georgia can add a running back, I think they will. But, again, it, they're just not going to add one to add one, like you said. It's got to be someone that they think can, can help them win football games, someone that falls in line with the talent level they already have in the backfield. And, you know, uh, if not – they're going to roll with what they got. And guys that are banged up right now, uh, you know, we expect them to be ready for fall camp. Uh, and Andrew Paul working his way back from ACL surgery last August. I, I think, uh, you know, the the injuries to Kendall Milton with the hamstring and Branson Robinson with the foot, it, you know, I don't, we don't expect those to, to linger too far into preseason camp. So, you know, maybe they're confident with, with what they have and you're right. Uh, but, you know, if there's a scholarship available and the, and the right running back hits that portal, uh, don't be surprised if Georgia goes after him and, and makes a heavy push. I want to make sure and shout out Jason Cancel, who's watching on YouTube. Hello from Hong Kong. Uh, we are we have gone international. I'm, I'm very proud of, uh, of what the uh, Junkyard Dogcast has accomplished today. Uh, Jason had a few recruiting questions. Uh, and I want to talk more broadly about recruiting and really this time of year. Um, you know, Rusty had mentioned earlier this week that uh, the coaches are going to stay off the road this week, but next week it's really going to ramp up a lot of evaluations uh, as they look to future classes. Kip, how important is this time of year for these coaches and what they're doing with the upcoming classes and, and kind of setting the stage for ultimately what those classes will look like once we get there? Yeah, it's technically the evaluation stage. So you get, uh, you know, two opportunities to see uh, each prospective student athlete, and usually one of those is kind of an academic visit. The other one, you can you can watch them uh, work out, watch them in practice. You know, it's big. Uh, you, you get opportunity at, uh, on one side to show your priority guys, your early on guys that that you know are high on your board that you know they're important. And so, uh, you know, if you have uh, you know, let's say a five star wide receiver, Ryan Wingo. In St. Louis, uh, if Brian McClendon goes and sees him next Monday, you know, the first day he's out on the road, well, that's probably going to, you know, he's going to notice that. And I, I think Brian McClendon will probably make him, you know, make sure he knows that. 
a guy that Georgia's got some momentum on. A couple crystal ball picks uh, came in recently with Ryan Wingo. And, you know, when you're, you're also trending for the number one overall prospect in the country, and Dylan Raiola, if you bring in the number one quarterback and Ryan Wingo is close to him, you know, that's just one of those dominoes that you could have in recruiting. So it's big to visit these guys. And then also there's the other aspect of it, and that's the summer uh, camps, summer prospect camps for Georgia. So what what Georgia coaches are also going to do is make sure that they get invites out to these guys. So you're visiting these schools, you're telling the coaches, hey, you know, make sure, he, uh, you know, Cameron Fountain uh, gets to gets to Georgia on June first. Uh, the edge guy from Booker T. Washington, Atlanta, or guys you don't even have an offer, but they've heard good things about. You know, they're going to go school to school to make sure they get those guys in camp so they can get a better eval. Uh, a lot of the coaches think you know that's their their best evaluation tool is working with them hands on, and so you're going to see a lot of these guys get there to camp, and a lot of times. You'll see guys shoot up the board, guys that we haven't even talked about yet. You know, last year, that's exactly what happened with Zed Haynes. You know, he came into town uh, and made the coaches move him up the board because of his workout. And they're like, we got to bring this guy back. Uh, is this guy for real? And they did. And they're like, okay, uh, you know, we got to take this guy. And it also happened with Joshua Miller, the offensive lineman that came in and earned an offer. Uh, that's that's what this evaluation period is. If a guy catches uh, the coach's eye, they want to get him a camp and work with him and verify that what they're seeing is legit. So uh, it, it's big in that aspect as well. Um, and, and so they're going to use every visit they can over over the next month to, to set themselves up, not only with the guys they're already after, uh, but also some guys they want to get better evaluations on. We'll have that covered as well as all that's going on. And we see... Uh... You know, where these coaches are headed and who they are headed to see. There's no doubt about that. Uh, before we wrap up this episode, Georgia Men's Basketball Minute. Um, some big news on Monday. Uh, Georgia gets R.J. Melendez, a six foot seven forward, who started his career at Illinois, a, a native of Puerto Rico. Uh, he has had a, a pretty good career there with the fight in the line. I had dealt with a shoulder injury last year that limited him a little bit. I think he averaged a little bit over eight points per game as a sophomore. Uh, if you are listening to this, you can go to Dogs247. I wrote a story earlier this week, really looking at RJ's game, seeing what he brings to the table. And I got to say, I really like what I saw. You know, there's plenty of things he can improve on. I think his defense is uh, an area that he's going to have to improve, uh, but a really nice shooter. Um, I think a guy that can play that three, maybe the four, um, and, and bring some offensive production, which I think this is – Something that this team, as it stands, really lacks. Uh, they got to have guys who can score. Uh, he played really, really well in the second half against Arkansas. Uh, was a big reason why Illinois kept that game close and had Arkansas about a seven or eight eight point game going down to the final minutes, and Arkansas closed it out. But I think it's a really nice pickup, uh, the first of the off season for Mike White and company. And uh, it's just a matter of adding to it. They're going to need some guard help. They desperately need a center to add to this team. But I think R.J. Melinda is going to play some real meaningful minutes uh, when we get to the season. And uh, fascinated to see what else they're able to get and add to uh, as they try to take a step forward in year two under Mike White. Need some bigs. They got to win that battle on the boards. 
No doubt. And they've had uh, the center from South Florida was here last week, along with RJ uh, and also Amari Abram from Ole Miss. So you'd like to see if they can land all three of those guys, I think that would be huge. Um, but they've got, I believe, five scholarships still open. So they've got room to add to this roster, and they really, really need to add to this roster uh, if they're going to be competitive because they lost some some big-time playmakers on last year's team. Yeah, I saw that. I was checking out our transfer portal uh, rankings and saw that uh, a couple of those guys were inside the top 50, but uh, I think Georgia's in on some good guys. If they're able to land the guys you said, I think that'll bode really, really well for, for this program. That first offseason so crucial uh, for Coach White, and we've seen just so much uh, changeover uh, after that first year with new coaches. Need some consistency, but also got to continue to upgrade that overall talent. I don't know. They take the next step in, in, in the second year. You know, maybe some postseason basketball for for the Hoop Dogs. We'll be there if it happens, and uh, keep you guys all up to date on what goes on with the portal, with the basketball team, but also with the football team, and stay busy uh, covering this off season. And I'm sure next week, Kip and I will probably do a podcast before the draft, talking about what we expect to see there. Busy time of year, but a fun time of year, and we're looking forward to covering every minute of it for you guys. Uh, We are going to wrap up this episode. For Kip Adams, I'm Jordan Hill. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Until next time, take care. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. 